0: boom there it is ladies and gentlemen look young adults out there individuals looking to make a change in your career path. this episode is the one that you've been waiting on i if you guys are looking for a big change then let's get this one started so you can get that change happening here we go shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom you're an inspiring entrepreneur who's looking to achieve success without a college degree, then this episode is for you. Today, we have a very special guest who's gone from digging ditches to becoming a successful entrepreneur and mentor to hundreds of young people. Are you struggling to find your path with success without a degree? Then our guest has got you covered. Stay tuned and hear his incredible story and advice. Now let's welcome to the show the man who's here to share his knowledge and expertise with us, Mr. Ken Run. just like that can we get the party
1: started welcome to the show great thanks for having me i really appreciate it
0: all right i want to uh start off today with uh, a, a little bit of background of what I do. I teach a high school class called Financial Algebra. It's 17 year old high school students, uh, high school seniors who are about to graduate. And the kids that are, that tend to be in my class are not the ones that are really college bound. They might go to like a junior college and and maybe do that route, but they haven't really been, uh, uh, haven't had such huge success in high school. And so I feel like this is kind of one of those perfect opportunities to hear from somebody who gives them a different a point of view. So can you share with us your, your experience on how you achieve success without a college degree?
1: Well, yeah, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, we're talking back in the early 80s. And and one of the things that um, was unique, my, my high school, when I was 15, my high school uh, shared a fence with an industrial park. And after school, we would cut through this hole in the fence and go through this industrial park on our way to the carry out on the corner just to hang out after school and do what kids did right so i remember going through this industrial park and there was always just a lot of energy there you know there were things that um, people like me uh, love to be outdoors and 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 that kind of thing enjoyed you know lots of equipment lots of people milling around lots of activity lots of energy and um i just remember one day i said you know i'm 15 i need to i need to get my first used car i want to start my life. You know, I want to get some spending money, do some things I needed to do. And um, so I went in, I said, what do you guys do here? I knew some people that worked there and and they, you know, they were like, hey, we're ditch diggers. You know, we 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 actually fix old basements. And I said, well, I can do that. You know, so I literally took a job doing that in the summertime. And then in the wintertime, I'd work inside the office because I was going to school still. And, you know, that kind of happened for three or four years. And by the time I was 18, 19, I had, you know, in the, in the fall of, of my senior year, I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go to school or what? And um, the owner came to me and said, look, it, we're going to open up franchises around the country. We're going to start these places from scratch because our company's grown so big, we can't possibly reach these areas from, from where we lived in Cleveland at the time. And um, so they put me out there and I went and Opened an uh, office in Columbus and in Chicago and in Cincinnati, and I did it all pretty much on my own. So I kind of got the the sense of how a business works from that experience, and uh, I did that for three or four years and then got tired of living out of a suitcase traveling all the time. So moved to Toledo, Ohio 37 years ago, started with six people, opened up my own company, and now we have nearly 200. Um, so it's it's been a heck of a ride.
0: So and, and something I want to kind of highlight about your story there is, you know, th- there's this common misconception that you have to have a college degree to be successful. Um, but what you're showing here is your willingness to work and learn is really what's the key to making you a success. You were willing to get in there, dig the ditches. You were willing to go in in the winter and learn the business that was happening in that place. Not just showing up for a paycheck, but actually, I mean, the paycheck's obviously the, the big perk and the benefit. But you were willing to put in the work to learn something a little bit different. How have have things changed? Is that misconception still there where you need a college degree in today's world?
1: Well, you know, let me just put it to you this way. So if there's 167 million people working in the United States today, about 77 million of those people still do something with their hands today. When you put your feet on the floor getting out of bed this morning to go to your work or school or church office, whatever. You crossed thousands of blue collar jobs that are still viable today. And because so few people are willing to do those anymore, the wages are going higher and higher and higher. I'll give you a quick example. So the average college salary, we researched this for my book, Blue Collar Cash, was expected to be $70,000 for a lot of these kids that were coming out of college with just regular normal standard business degrees, nothing fancy. The actual salary for those, because there's so many, we've overproduced so many of those kids is only 50,000, but they have an average of 40 to 80,000 in debt. Now, conversely, construction is so hot right now. And it's been, and it will be for a very long period of time to come. The average job now is paying $30 an hour. So you can come out of this at 75 grand a year, right off the bat. So, that right there should tell you supply and demand from your econ class is something you got to pay attention to because wages are simply the supply and demand of labor. And when supply is low and demand is high, that's where the wages go. That's what we're seeing now. And that's not going to change because of how we think of college, how we think of, you know, things like shop class and how stigmatized blue collar jobs have become, which is crazy because, College has only ever been one of six ways to be successful, but yet you would think it's the only way now, and that's simply not true. It's never been true, and it's not going to be true today and certainly tomorrow.
0: That's because education is a business, Ken. I mean, you didn't know that colleges are over here making money hand over really? fist. And it's not <laughs> like it's a traditional business where somebody can just you know get the money. No, we're going after 18-year-old kids. We're slapping them with a student loan debt, which they can never get rid of, right? And then saying, don't worry, you'll get a job later on that's going to take care of that. No big deal, half of these kids don't even finish college. They weren't doing as good a job in high school. And then they expected to go to college when there's nobody telling them what to do and how to do it. And then expecting them to be successful in that space. What do you what are you telling younger kids today? Because I you know, you're talking about trades and I and I, I love the trades. There's so many different things that you can learn and to complete something, to work something with your hands, and then sit back and look at it and say, Look, I built that, to drive by a house or a building and say, I put my work into that. There's so much pride in there, on top of being able to make some money along the way, especially you're like you were saying, competitive money today. What are you telling younger people today? And, and tell me the premise of your book here to help people kind of understand this opportunity that's presented in the trades.
1: Well, first off, you know, when when you look back on your life, and I mean, I'm I'm in, in my in my 50s now, and when I look back across the whole life, one one thing has never changed, and that is you don't live to work, you work so you can live. So. I always thought, well, shouldn't we be describing what living is first? Like, hmm. shouldn't we figure out what we want our life to look like first and then go after one of the many paths to get there? Because if you're progressing, you know, if you feel progress and you're you're moving towards what you want your life to look like, towards that picture or that vision, there's a lot of things that you can do to get there. So I tell kids, let's step back a second. Let, let's take out a, a simple poster board and a bunch of crayons. Okay. And let's draw what we want our lives to look like. And I mean, seriously detailed here. What, what, what kind of house do you see yourself living in? What's your transportation looking like? Car, motorcycle, truck, minivan, electric vehicle, whatever. What do you see as your vacation? What would be your perfect vacation? What do you see as your, as your hobby, your sport? What do you see as your health, I mean, how you take care of yourself, your charity, your give back moment. What do you see as your pet? Are you a dog person, a cat person? If so, what color, what kind, what would you name it? Get really detailed as to what you want your life to look like. And don't worry because these things evolve over time. But you got to start somewhere because what your brain sees, it attracts itself to almost Mm -hmm. involuntarily. And that's a good thing because the more you focus on the good and the right, the more you're going to get there. So I tell kids, let's begin with what you want your life to look like first, and then we'll back in one of the many ways that I already get there.
0: And that's a, that's great advice. Uh, I was talking about this the other day with a with a coach, and I was telling him how oftentimes I have a hard time seeing maybe ten years down the road, maybe you know five years down the road. I, I have a, a general idea, but it's kind of like 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 a mirage. It's a little blurry out in the distance, but I kind of know where I want to go. But what I can clearly see is in a month, I can clearly see in six months, and sometimes I can really clearly see in a year. And at least if I'm taking those progressive steps to get to those small goals, that far goal in the distance starts to get a little bit clearer and clearer and clearer. And then all of a sudden, I'm there. And that's what, that's where you, I think what you're talking about here, when you're visualizing it, when you can see it in your mind's eye, it will become a reality. But the progress to get there is that is the key, right, that, that those very Next step. So let me ask you this: When people are graduating high school, you got these young kids. They're maybe not going that traditional route. They're not going to the college. Uh, they want to get that job right away. How do you? How do they? How can they stand out in a job market like that so that maybe they get better opportunities? Maybe they have a, a, a more marketable skills. How do they choose some of these trades that they want to work in so that they have a, a good opportunity to to succeed in that space?
1: Well, first off, they, they have a serious advantage that, you know, even I did not have. Because in the past, if I put an ad in the paper for someone to come do what I needed them to do, I would have 15 people in my foyer the next day filling out applications. Now there's maybe three. So hmm. the supply is very, very low, which means the demand is high. So the good news there is if you show up, God forbid you show up to your interview early, Okay. (laughs) You're well dressed. That's already a differentiator. You shake someone's hand firmly. You look them straight in the eye and smile. And you go there with the intent in mind of, can I build my life with and through this company? And then get ready to ask that question What can I do here to make my life appear in front of my very eyes? What can I do to make my life work with and through your company? You will get. (laughs) <laughs> you'll get everybody that wants you. Every interview, you will nail every interview you have. And because there's so few people that are willing to do those things anymore. I mean, some people show up for interviews like they just rolled out of bed. Some of them aren't ready to ask any questions. You know, they just, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? And how much am I getting paid? Get way beyond all that, okay? Ask them, what's in it for me to work here? Like, like how, how can I build my life working for you? within this company, you're going to get people that are going to sit back and go, well, man, I I found a gem here. And then what happens is they will fold you under their wing and take you up that ladder so quickly because they have so fewer uh, choices to make that happen with. So they they have an atmospherical advantage already just from that point. Now, can you make yourself more marketable by maybe knowing how to do basic things? Yeah. I mean, have you ever cut a piece of wood? Have you ever welded something? Have you ever wired an outlet? Have you ever welded anything? Have you ever cooked anything or, or whatever? You can, you can dive into that stuff and volunteer and do those things now to learn that those things. You know, a a lot of these wood shops are looking for, for part-time help, or you can learn these skills on a very part-time basis to prepare you to at least be able to speak the language when you go into some of these interviews. And um, like I said before, you know, because of the supply of people willing to do that is so low, demand is high, that's where the money's going. So you can almost write your own ticket in a lot of these companies.
0: Shout out to Ed here. Very long post, but basically what he's saying is there's a difference between having a vision and uh, and having a mission. And in, in order for you to have a, a... The mission is the action steps that you're taking, whereas the vision is that, that end goal that you want to go to. And it's not the same thing. But vision is that very last thing that we must define and create is what he's saying. Once you have that clear vision, we can go. And I, I like what you're saying, uh, Ken about, uh, about coming in uh, prepared to ask questions because I don't think a lot of uh, youngsters uh, feel even comfortable asking questions of people in 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 a maybe. like a boss situation, right? They're going to the interview and they're assuming they're the ones who are going to get asked the questions and they get a little anxious already of, do I have the right answer? And if you, you're right, if we can kind of show them like, look, you're going in there and you're providing the opportunity here to them as well as they are providing an opportunity for you. So if you can ask those right questions, like this is the life I'm looking for. This is what I want to do in my life. How can your company help me achieve that? And then it's kind of a synergistic thing. You're growing together. You're Right, that is a gem that you're going to find in that particular individual. I mean, that's that's really what the 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 goal for for our lives is all about is defining what we want and then going after it. And these companies are kind of helping us get there. So for the for the youngsters that are that are trying to find employment that way, um, you've interviewed a ton of people. What are some of those questions you think uh, that employees coming in to interview should ask employers um, and what can they expect to get asked when they go to interview for some of these types of jobs?
1: Well, well, first off, you know, I, I always say to myself, you know, when I walk into an interview situation as, as someone who wants to look for a job, okay, I want to check the environment. Okay. Is, is there, does this seem like a cool place to work? Is there energy? Is there music? Is there, is there acknowledgement? Is there celebrations of anything, Um, you know, is 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 does it feel like this place cares about its people? And the reason I say that is because a lot of times an interview is the cover of the book and the book sometimes always doesn't live up to the cover. Mm. Okay, so so be ready to kind of feel your environment when you go in there. What's this place feel like? Do you see acknowledgments? Do you see? You know, people that are energetic, are they interacting with each other? You know, is there is there some some environment happening here, some energy, some positive energy? That's really, really important. And then when you get into the interview, you know, I always say this, it's time to be a little selfish. And and I don't mean selfish at the detriment of others. I really don't. I mean work on you. This is your time to shine. This is your time to get what you want. So don't be afraid to say, okay, I I'm kind of planning my life to look like this. Can you help me get there and how? Like, I, I want to start here and I want to build to this and this and this. Can I do that here? Is there is there growth potential? Can I control that growth potential? Can I control my income here? Can I control the output that I give you? Can I control the quality of that output and then the reward because of that output? You know, ask those kinds of things, because if you do, you know, the person interviewing you is going to be like their mind's going to blow because it normally takes them a half an hour just to get you to say something like that. Well, if you're ready with those questions, that's a real powerful statement. I would be like, you're in. What do I got to do to get this person in my organization? Okay. Because those are the kind of questions that I want to get to. I want to get past, why are you here? And I'm here for a job. Okay, why? Well, because I need money. Okay, money for what? So I got to pay my bills. Okay, so you pay your bills. Then when you're done with your bills, then what? When do you start to live, Mm -hmm. Mister? the the person that wants a job? When do you get to, to build your life? That's what I like to get to as quickly as possible. So if you're ready for that, we're going to have a rock and roll interview every time.
0: Then in the trades industry, there's also a lot of – well, oftentimes that I see is people get laid off because maybe there's no job – the company can't find that next job or they're working on whatever details to get to that next work. Um, So you have companies that are hiring people who are union, non-union that sort of situation when you have uh, people coming into this workspace or into this industry, what's something they should know about some of these union jobs, some of these non-union jobs and and then identifying what's a good company versus what's not a good company?
1: Well, I would tell you that ev- everyone's different, okay it, it, It's hard because they're so regionalized. Some places are heavier union, some places are heavier non-union. I will say this everybody is looking to hire people. Okay, there are almost 11 million unfilled jobs in the United States today for every 10 contractors that retire today, only four or five are backfilling that supply. So what is that telling you? Everybody needs somebody. Okay. so again, if if you're if you're working or if if you're interviewing for a company and it doesn't look like they're busy, get out, because if your company isn't busy right now when you're in the trades. There's something wrong with your company as, mm-hmm. as an owner, as the person who's running it. Everybody I know is backlogged for months. Everybody I know has their, their prices are, 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 are rising every day. They're they're, they're they're getting their wages higher and higher because they're trying to complete all this stuff. And it's simply because there's not enough people willing to do this work anymore. And you said something earlier that I want to point out. You talked about that moment okay, where you build something. Well, that's what we do. And I have to tell you, there's something really cool about at the end of the day, you stand back from maybe those 15 beautiful pine trees that you just planted with the big rocks and the mulch and whatever, and you get to say, I did that. Mm-hmm. That's going to stand the test of time. That, that, that stone mason outdoor kitchen that I helped build, that's going to be here forever. or Or that building or whatever it is, you get to say you did that. You don't get the same feeling when you're on the 15th floor in some cubicle selling some medical supply that you don't even know what it does, okay? So there's a lot of pride in our jobs. There's a lot of control over your whole life that you get to exercise that a lot of office environments don't don't offer. So be ready to take advantage of that because that's where the financial gain is right now. And um, that's where a really cool, you know, life that you want for yourself can happen for you.
0: There's also this camaraderie that, that happens. Uh, You see it in the military, you see it in sports all the time. Something about pouring some blood, sweat and tears into something with a, a, with a group of individuals. I, you know, we're talking trade. So oftentimes it is a group of guys. uh, But, to be out and to do those things together, to work on a project together, you're talking about building a life. Some of the greatest relationships that you're ever going to have come through sweat equity with each other, through building that commodity to, to look back. And just like you said, looking back and saying, Look, I built this, but having a team behind you, right? These guys are there. They were there when it was hot. They were there. When- it was cold they were there when it was hard when they had to solve the problems and I think you know it helps to build that life that you want on top of the, of course the income benefits and, and that lifestyle as well but to build the relationships within that organization uh, that, that kind of goes a long way can you speak to that as well?
1: Yeah absolutely so you know in in our business there's 200 people I would say that at least at least 50 of them have been here. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 years. Mm. So, yeah, you get to see each other's life develop right in front of your very eyes. And the greatest part about that is, you know, when I teach my five steps to achieving any goal, the last one is sharing that goal. And the beautiful part is everybody sees everybody else's life just blossoming in front of them because as a team, they get to control how much output they have, and therefore the financial gain from that. So it's a really cool thing to see people, you know, acquiring houses and acquiring cars and having kids and developing a life for themselves and having their charity moments and, you know, having their sports and, and doing all the things that they do, walking their dogs in the park, whatever. I get to see all that and they get to see it with each other. So you're 100% right about the camaraderie because sometimes in an office building, People kind of come and go a lot or, you know, someone wants your job and they don't want you to get that promotion because they want it or whatever. I I, I really like what we do because when you do work together, you create together, you celebrate together. and, And that's something that should not be discounted for sure.
0: Tell me about work ethic required here, because, you know, we talked about it earlier. There's not a lot of people going into these trades. Uh, there's not a lot of people replacing the contractors that are coming off, uh, either retiring or, or dying off, because let's face it, some of them do this for the rest of their lives. Um, and they're just not being replaced. They're not having this, you know, people come in and mentor under them and, and taking over some of these companies um, What's that work work ethic that's required to be successful in this space, or at least to, to get started? Because I, I feel like if you could just get somebody out of their comfort zone just a little bit to try some of these different opportunities, they'd get a taste of what it's like and, and possibly be hooked, right? Like, So what's required for somebody to, to go into these industries and get started?
1: Well, let's describe what work ethic is. So work ethic is your ability to contribute, your your desire and your want to contribute to create something. That's basically what it is. So what drives that? Well, what drives it is the rewards you see your, for yourself for doing such a thing. Okay. So when I think of the work ethic, if, if if I know that what, and I've been doing this my entire life since I was 15, work, reward, work, reward, clearly visioned, Mission-oriented work reward. So if I understand that what I'm about to do is going to put one more piece of that puzzle in my life picture together, and you know how that is when you're building the puzzle. You build the square edges first, and then you start filling in the center. And every time you get one more piece of that puzzle, you stick that on that board and you're like, cool, I'm, I'm getting there, right? I'm getting there. That's what work ethic is because work ethic is usually owned by someone who has a really nice reward waiting for them. And that's why they do it, whether it's to feed their family or, you know, to provide financial security for them or housing, clothing, shelter, whatever it might be. Those are the types of things that you should do. And and I got to tell you, work becomes a lot less hard when you're winning Mm. and, and, and when your life is developing and when you're, halfway to getting the down payment for your new car. You know, let's talk about this for a second. So, we're all really good at anticipating vacations, right? So, okay, your family's going to go to the beach in 3 months for spring break, whatever it might be, okay? You anticipate the sand, you anticipate the breeze, you anticipate the warm temperatures, you anticipate your, you know, your 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 sandals, your bathing suit, your towel. Your umbrella, your beach chair, maybe what your your drink you're gonna have, the music, your suntan lotion, you can smell it. You anticipate all those cool things when you have a vacation, right? Mm-hmm. We're all so good at that. We're perfectly good at visualizing and anticipating a vacation. Why can't we anticipate all those other little wins in our life? Mm. You know, saving that money for that down payment for that car, getting your first pet, moving into your first apartment, setting up your first credit card or your checking account. All those things are little mini wins on your way to building that puzzle. So work ethic is driven by what you get out of your work ethic, which is building that life puzzle that you're trying to build for yourself one little piece at a time. And believe me, those pieces fill in, they mean something, and you get there.
0: It's funny that you use the puzzle piece reference because during Christmas time, we always have a puzzle sitting on our table and everybody (laughs) kind of picks at it and, and, and does it. And my wife got on my case this year because she was like, do you celebrate after every piece you put in? I'm like, yeah, I put it in. I'm like, boom. I'm always putting <laughs> those pieces, right? But but it's true. Like that. that's kind of, and I love that's why you use that analogy because at the end of the day, every time you're working towards something, that's the piece of your life puzzle that you're putting together. You should yeah. be excited about that piece. You Absolutely. should be excited that, you've, you know, that you have the opportunity to take on the work that's going to give you the piece that's going to fit in that spot. And you're just that much closer to designing that entire entire life. So yeah, celebrate each puzzle piece. Boom. There's another one.
1: Well, yeah, and, and again, the word, the word anticipation is very important because I believe that we should all live multi-layered anticipatory lives, just like we do that vacation. So I think, I think work ethic is, is a direct ratio to how much you're anticipating because anticipation gets you out of bed. Anticipation gets you back at that job. Anticipation of winning, gets you through the tough times. And that's what's so great about the camaraderie because you're all as a group anticipating things together, maybe at different levels and at different timeframes, but you're still doing it. And that's what makes it a win-win situation.
0: Let me uh, let me ask you one final question here. Uh, well, it's a, it's a two-parter. One is uh, if people want to reach out with you to you, they want to learn more about what you do, grab a copy or a book, how can they do that? But uh, at the same time, uh, any any tips or advice for anybody who might be struggling with maybe motivation or, or that anticipation to like find the direction that they want in whether it's their career or their personal life, how can they find that motivation to get there? And then of course, how can they reach out to you?
1: Well, let me throw this out there, okay? My life was really good before I made this book happen. It became a bestseller. I didn't anticipate that. Holy blessed eternally grateful. Okay. Let's put that out there. So I built a course to return the favor to people behind me that wanted to shorten the learning curve to being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur isn't reserved for Ken Rusk alone or anybody else who's built a business. We all have the characteristics of being an, an entrepreneur. We just need a reason for them to come out. And that's what's in the book. So I built this course. It's literally a buy one course, get one free to give to your friend, your neighbor, a brother, a sister, who, whoever. For the cost of three movies, <laughs> you can change your life. And if you go to KenRuss.com, you can you can find this course and this book. And um, I guarantee you, it, it, will, it will do what we just talked about. It'll get you thinking the way you need to think. And the reason I say it is because a lot of times you read a book and you put it up on the shelf, and it becomes a trophy and you never do anything with it.
0: Mm. I didn't
1: want that to happen. So for you know, for 60 bucks, okay, you can you can change your life and begin to put yourself on track and I donate all the money to charity anyway, most of it but you know beyond the cost of it. So this isn't a money thing for me. This is I've I've made it my life's really good. And now I need to help other people do the same thing. It's incumbent upon people like us to make sure that we do that. It's our service. It's our duty to do that. And that's why I'm doing it. So if you do go to KenRusk.com and you do decide to help yourself, just know that you're going to help somebody else in the process for the cost of a couple of movies. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd love to see people get involved in and, and, and hear what they think about it.
0: Perfect. All right, ladies and gentlemen, website's really easy. It's scrolling across the bottom, but in case you're only listening to the audio version, it's KenRusk.com, K-E-N-R-U-S-K, KenRusk.com. You can also follow him on social. KenRuskOfficial is his uh, is his handle, and you can shoot him an email over at Ken at uh, Rusk. Uh, what is it? RuskIND.
1: RuskIND. Uh,
0: RuskIND. Rusk okay, yeah. RuskIND. RuskIND.com. Ken, thank you very much for coming on the program today. I I 100% agree with you. You know, you've you've uh, been able to achieve a level of success which is really really awesome. But then the ability to give back, there's a certain selfish feeling that you can get. Uh, We call this this joy that you get when you give back. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I love to be in the classroom. When that kid gets that aha moment and it just that the eyes light up. There's there's no other greater feeling I think in the world than to be able to share or, or or give somebody that that joy or that hope uh, in in their mind that they might need. And you're doing that very well. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys stop by his website one more time, KenRust.com. KenRust.com. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro